Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hi, I hope you're having a great day. I hope you're studying along. We're going to take just a minute for this little dig a bit to dig a little bit deeper into the Sabbath keeping of the Old Testament, specifically as a symbol of God's covenant with the people. In the second question in this lesson, I drew our attention to Exodus 16, especially verses 4 to 6, and God said there that He was testing the people to see if they would walk in His law. And I ask you, do you think he was referring to the upcoming decree about the Sabbath? Was he testing them to see if they would keep the Sabbath? Let's read those verses. Verses 4 through 6 of Exodus chapter 16 say, Then said the Lord to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people will go out and gather a certain rate, or a day's portion, every day, that I might test them, whether they walk in my law or not. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. And Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, At even, then ye shall know that the Lord hath brought you out from the land of Egypt. In the morning, then ye shall see the glory of the Lord, for that he hears your murmurings against the Lord. And what are we that you murmur against us? So the people were murmuring because... They, um, you know, why don't you bring us out of Egypt because we're going to starve out here in the wilderness. And so God here is promising them the manna that they will find, morning bread to the full, verse 8, that they're going to find. And then God says here that right below this, he begins to talk about the importance of Sabbath keeping. And obviously he tells them to take twice as much bread on Friday morning so that they will have some bread for the Sabbath without getting up and breaking the Sabbath law that they will have leftover bread from Friday. He's going to give them a double portion on Friday. And then he's promising them that that double portion will not have worms. It will not spoil before Saturday. They will still be able to eat that bread on Saturday. I believe if we continue through the chapter, we see that this Sabbath keeping was an obvious symbol of the covenant. We continue to read, This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded, verse 16, Gather it every man according to his eating, an omer for every man. But each time he goes on and says, verse 19, Don't let any man leave the bread till the morning. And some of them did keep the bread until the next day and when they did some of it was left and they kept it and it bred worms except for the seventh day verse 22 it came to pass that on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread two omers for one man and all the rulers of the congregation came and told moses and he said this is that which the lord has said tomorrow is the rest of the holy sabbath to the lord bake that which you will bake today and seethe that you will seethe, and that which is left over lay up for you to be kept until the morning. So only on the sixth day when they laid it up till the morning, as Moses asked them, and it did not stink 
neither was there any worm therein. And Moses said, we'll eat that today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. The Sabbath was a sanctified, set-apart, holy day. It was different than all the other days, and there wasn't going to be any manna on the Sabbath day for them to go out and pick up. And so only on the Sabbath day was the leftover bread without rot, without worms, without stinking, as the King James Version says. So, verse 27, some people didn't believe. It came to pass that there went out some of the people on the seventh day for to gather, and they didn't find any. And the Lord said to Moses, how long refuse you to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath, therefore he gives you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Abide every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day, and the house of Israel called the name of the bread manna. And it was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Now I want us to particularly read on now to verse 35 and see that it was obviously a sign of the covenant. This is the thing, verse 32, which the Lord commands. Fill an omer of it to be kept for your generations that they may see the bread wherewith I have fed you in the wilderness when I brought you forth from the land of Egypt. Moses told Aaron to take a pot and put some of the manna in it and lay it up before the Lord to be kept for your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. And so the children of Israel ate the manna forty years until they came to a land inhabited. They ate manna until they came to the borders of the land of Canaan. It's just very interesting that their very sustenance depended on their keeping a command which was sort of arbitrarily given by God. God said, trust me, do it like it doesn't make sense. You know, you picked up bread on Wednesday and on Thursday you had some left over and it had worms in it. And so people, I want you to trust me that on Friday, when you pick up the bread on Friday morning and you save it till Saturday morning, it's not gonna have worms in it. It's not gonna stink. The laws of nature that have been in place for six days of the week are not going to be the same on the seventh day. You will be able to eat the bread that you picked up on Friday morning. What God was saying to them is, I am a God of covenant. I am making you a promise. Do you trust me? Do you trust my covenant enough to risk your hungry stomachs? You know, God still says that to us. In Matthew 6, he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In all these things, food, your manna, will be added to you. Do we trust him enough to put his kingdom first so that we do believe? Do we trust him enough to risk our stomachs? Do we trust him enough to risk our livelihoods by seeking first his kingdom? In verse 29, I love the way that he said it so succinctly. See, 
The Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Here's what I've done. Now here's what I want you to do. That's what a covenant is. Here's what I've done. I've given you the Sabbath, and I've given you the sixth day the bread of two days. Therefore, he says, here's what you do. Here's your part of the covenant. Abide you, every man in his place, and let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. The manna there was obviously a part of the covenant, and the keeping of the Sabbath was was articulated. It was solidified in this manna picking up on Friday morning. I'm going to keep the Sabbath, so therefore, in the keeping of the Sabbath comes picking up twice as much bread on Friday morning. I'm going to trust God. God has given me the Sabbath. He's given me the manna, and he's asked me to do something in return. I'm going to keep my part of the bargain. That's what we're called on to do. We're called on to look at Matthew 6, and see what God has done for us, and then say, I'm going to seek your kingdom first. I'm going to risk whatever it is that is pleasant to my life, that seems necessary to my life. I am going to trust that you're going to give me the necessities of life if I seek your kingdom first. It's a covenantal relationship that we have with God. Verses 32 and 33, then we see the manna is a covenantal sign, and it's really a sign about the Sabbath. He says, I want you to put some in, I want you to sanctify some of this manna, and I want you to keep it as a symbol of the holiness of the call of my people Israel, and really that manna represented their keeping the holy Sabbath we learn from this chapter. So Exodus 25 verse 30 reads as follows. Exodus 25 verse 30. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about it. We're talking about the Ark of the Covenant here. We're talking about all of the directions for the Ark of the Covenant, um, the table, verse 23, overlay it with pure gold, verse 24, verse uh, 28, make the staves of a particular particular kind of wood, overlay them with gold. Verse 30, and you will set upon the table showbread before me always. So here it is again. I want you to be sure that this sign of the covenant is always in your presence and sanctified before me. Now let's look over at Exodus chapter 31. At verse 12 and read a little bit here and the Lord spake unto Moses saying speak to the children of Israel saying truly my Sabbaths you shall keep for it's a sign between me and you throughout your generations wait a minute the Sabbath is a sign of God's covenant with the people that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you you shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it's holy to you. Everyone who defiles it shall surely be put to death. Whoever does any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work in the Sabbath day, he shall be 
put to death. So the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations. Wait a minute. Here's our word for a perpetual and everlasting covenant, a perpetual continuing on covenant. The Sabbath is a symbol of an agreement made by God with his Israel. It's a sign, verse 17 says. He's really hammering this. It's a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. It's interesting that that's the last thing he says when he gave to Moses. He made an end of communing with him then, verse 18, on Mount Sinai, two tables of testimony, tables of stone, written with the finger of God. God was extending his covenant to Israel. And unlike the rest of the commandments, he reached his hand in and drew out the Sabbath and said, this one is a symbol of our agreement. You keep the Sabbath and I'm going to bless you. It's interesting how many times the word holy is in the passage that I just read. Verse 14, you shall keep the Sabbath for it is holy among you. Verse 15, the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest. It is holy to the Lord. God is serious about Sabbath keeping in the Old Testament. Is he serious about us keeping our covenant as his spiritual Israel today? Well, we're going to be talking a little bit more about that as it relates to the Old Testament Sabbath. But for now, let's let's pause at Psalm 105 and 106. Here we have a history of the progression of the growing Israelite nation. I ask you to decide between which verses in Psalm 105 or 106. Where would the beginning of Sabbath keeping have occurred had it been mentioned in Psalm 105 and Psalm 106. I'm not going to give you the answer to that because I think it's really good for us to, to think separately about it and then to discuss it perhaps in the podcast where you think that Sabbath keeping covenant was made in that history recitation of Psalm 105 and Psalm 106. But in Psalm 106, we read about the growing sins of Israel and how angry the Lord became. We have the chronicling of those in Psalm 106. The question is, do you think that if they had kept the Sabbath, if they had made it holy, if they had observed it every single seventh day, would it have prolonged their covenant keeping? After all, it was the sign of their covenant. Would they have thought more about leaving God out in all other aspects of their lives? Would Sabbath keeping have restricted, restrained the sinful nature of the people? Well, that's something that I really want us to talk about on the next podcast. And especially for us to forward think, does our holy worship that we offer to God now on the first day of the week, does that worship and the assembling of ourselves together as we are commanded to do on the first day of the week, does that restrain us? Does that protect us 
from falling away from the covenant that we've made with the Lord? Does our respecting His holiness, particularly on that one commanded time during the week when we have specific instructions to come together and worship Him, does that help us to keep our covenant with Him? That's just an interesting thing that I think we should give some time to on the podcast. In the meantime, hope you have a really merry holiday season. I hope you get can come together with family members, even during this difficult time that we're going through. If not, I'm going to be praying that all of our diggers are in the Word through this holiday season, that we are strong in our convictions for Him, even though we uh, may not be assembling as often as we have in years past. Let's pray that we are keeping covenant with the Lord, that we are trusting Him even to the point of risk, and that we are enjoying the blessings that that covenant brings. Happy holidays, and I will uh, talk to you one more time on Digabits this month, and then we will have our podcast on January 5th. I'm looking forward to that. Have a great day.